0: you're listening to central illinois business good morning hi alex rogeri here i'm just so glad you're with us today for our program and that is because we have a fantastic lineup for you we're starting out with stephanie pitts Noggle. she is at the Champaign public library with the young entrepreneur program welcome
1: Thank you for having me, Alex.
0: Oh, I'm delighted. I'm delighted. I reached out to you, and you were so willing to come in. And it has been a while since you've been on the show. Uh, and I think it was Bob that introduced us in the, in the beginning. Um, uh, and he, he called me up one day and said, we got to have this uh, gal on your show. And, and we kind of jumped through some hoops because you were doing an event or something. But we got you on. And I was really impressed because I did not realize our very own Champaign Public Library
1: had um, an entrepreneur program. Tell us about it. So the Young Entrepreneur Program has been around for a few years. It was originally with Unit 4 Schools, uh, but this year it it moved over to the Champaign Public Library through our launch at the library business services initiative. And we've taken it over and and opened it up to any local young adult. So Champaign County, anybody involved in that. So... uh, There's uh, two kind of age groups that we're really targeting. So high school students um, and young adults, 19 to 25. So those are two somewhat separate tracks. We have more experienced people in the uh, young adult division and then uh, newbies who are just learning about entrepreneurship in the high school group.
0: And how long have you been with the program?
1: Well, I was helping uh, the incomparable Mark Shagnon with the program yeah he's wonderful Uh, I was helping him with the program a little bit at the end of last year he brought me in to speak to the students and they were such a wonderful group and it it was something that really just resonated with me so much so once he retired which uh, happened at the end of June of 2018 it it just passed to me and so it's been in kind of my possession ever since
0: oh wonderful wonderful um, so, uh, tell us a, just a little bit about your background and why you even care about entrepreneurship.
1: Well, uh, I used to be in art history, actually. That was my original really? uh, area of study. Oh, fascinating.
0: But I just got back from Rome. We had a little mini history lesson while we were there. It was pretty crazy. It is. In a, art. And we were we also went to Paris for the uh, the Louvre, and that was it really It is incredible.
1: beautiful there, yes. Uh, in fact, it was a trip to Rome when I was in high school that originally got me on the art Kick. Isn't that crazy?
0: It's just so inspiring.
1: It's beautiful. Yeah. But uh I was in a PhD program for a bit, it didn't work out. Uh but I needed to find something else. And mm-hmm. uh my partner, Dave Cohen, has a local company, Petronics. I was really fascinated by everything that he was doing.
0: What is what does Petronics do?
1: They make a robotic cat toy. It is an (laughs) autonomous uh, mouse that plays with your cat. You should come on
0: the show. You have to give him my card. I will definitely do that.
1: It's a great story. Uh, So everything that he was struggling with and everything that they were going through was just so fascinating to me. And I had gone to library school uh, during the economic downturn to get a professional degree. Mm -hmm. So I really saw that a lot of my skills that I'd learned in library school complemented the struggles he was having as an entrepreneur Interesting. and so I eventually just got really interested in that aspect of librarianship uh, went back for another year and then this opportunity became available at the Champaign Public Library I mean it was kismet or something and uh, I went after this position with everything oh, inside of me. And oh, here I am. Oh, isn't that great? Well, you know,
0: and I think that people who appreciate the arts and all of that, there is a certain creative spark, you know, that the, uh, that, that the arts attract. And, and, and it, I think, dovetails with entrepreneurship. You know, there's a ton of creativity in being an entrepreneur, or in and even wanting to try to do something like crazy, like Petronix or whatever, <laughs> absolutely, and, you know, I mean, you just have to be halfway crazy, and that's what most artists were too. But uh, I just think there's a lot of uh, synergies there, uh, and uh, I, I think it's wonderful that I'm glad you shared your background and, and all of that too.
1: It was a long road, but yeah, here I am. <laughs> I
0: love it. We're lucky to have you. So the uh, kids now tell us. Now let's start with the high school kids. Let's talk about them for a second. How do they participate? How do they engage? Is it an after-school program? Is it on weekends? How does it work?
1: It is an after-school program. Okay. Um, so it's been uh, Monday nights, 530 uh, mm-hmm. to 7, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been, I mean, honestly, I think they are incredible. Uh, when I started out, I was, it's been a while since I've been around teenagers and I was a little... Frightened, I guess, but
0: I would be too. Yeah, they're an intimidating group. <laughs> it's a tough crowd. <laughs> yeah, and
1: they're smarter today than they oh, ever have geez, been. I they mean, ever. they are an informed, knowledgeable, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, critical thinking bunch. I mean, mm-hmm. more than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. So I was a little intimidated, but now I just think they are exceptional. I mean, they are—they inspire me every day. I—I I really enjoy their just everything that they come up with, their ideas. Everything that they go through to take their ideas from just a spark to actually t- testing it as a viable business. So we've been doing that periodically. Uh, every It's been every other week that we have class. And then on the weeks when we don't have class, they can come in for a kind of co-working meeting where we talk a little more generally and it's a little less structured. So mm-hmm. we've been doing that since the beginning of January. Mm. And this is the culmination, this pitch competition that we're having at the library on Sunday, May 5th.
0: Okay. Okay. I want to talk more about that. Um, But before we do, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what happens. uh, What do you teach them when they come? Like when I was a kid, we had Junior Achievement. I don't even know if you've ever heard of it. But Junior Achievement was an independent organization that would interface with schools uh, and it was a it was a class that kids could take after school, right and they were charged with learning how to use a checkbook and they were charged with uh, starting a business on their own and running it. And it could be something so, s- small and you know as as a, you know whatever a t-shirt business or or something whatever, but the kid would you know with greeting card business, whatever it was, the kid would, have to start the business would have to run the business and it was all on a micro scale and um, junior achievement was um, uh, basically supported by um, the business community and either with contributions or in kind where uh, owners, business owners, entrepreneurs themselves would come and teach the kids. So that just kind of went by the wayside. I mean, I don't even know if people even still do that. But, but these new programs are a lot more dynamic and they're a lot more engaging for kids like what you're doing. And uh, so I'm curious, like because I did uh, engage with Junior Achievement when I was younger, what do kids, what do they experience when they come in to see you?
1: Well, I think the thing that would be the key differentiator here would be a huge emphasis on soft skills. So a lot of these kids, they are college-bound or university-bound. They're really thinking about their future. So this may not be something that they start today or tomorrow. Maybe it will be, though. It, it's really up to them. We're taking we we're taking students from all over and whatever walk of life. If they think that they're going to start this business right now, that's great. We can help them with that. If they think, oh, we'll, I'll start it down the line, that's great. I'm interested in entrepreneurship just because I'm a creative thinker and I can't see myself doing nine to five. We take all sorts, really. Mm -hmm. So whether you have an idea or not, you're welcome to come. Uh, the The thing that we basically do is take them through a light validation of their idea. So we teach them the concepts of entrepreneurship, a lot of the core fundamentals, customers, competitors doing that research, thinking about that stuff, thinking about a market. Uh, One of the things I'm always telling them is that there's a difference between an invention and a product, Mm -hmm. that an invention might solve your problem, but does it it solve other people's problems? Can it solve a a whole group of people's problems? Because if it does, then it's a product. Mm -hmm. You just need to have someone put money down. Mm -hmm. So we give them an overview of all of that stuff, Uh, go over um, financials and how you would kind of calculate that. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's really about taking all of that and crafting it into an argument in the form of a pitch. So sort of what you'd see on Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the real exercise here. So it's a lot of public speaking, learning how to take feedback, Mm -hmm. um, both critical and positive, Um, iterating on your ideas. It's about uh, providing feedback to other people as well. Um, working in a group, working on your own, meeting deadlines. So there's a lot of soft skills that we're trying to develop. Um, Their email skills, which are not great, uh, as it turns out. I am team, not surprised not you say that. not email very much, and uh, that's yeah. a joke I'm always making with them. But it's a thing that they're going to have to get used to when mm-hmm. they go to the next level, whether that's mm-hmm. a professional position or mm-hmm. if they're going to college. So these are the kinds of things that we're hoping to – walk them through and teach them, but instead of sitting down and just lecturing them on the importance of email etiquette or public speaking and being accountable, uh, they are learning these things as they take a cool idea that they're really into through the process of trying to validate it to see if it actually is a business opportunity and not just a neat idea.
0: Wow, that's great. And do you have a curriculum or uh, do you start with just their idea and work work with their, your questions or do you... Do you have an actual curriculum that everybody gets and then you go from there?
1: We do have a curriculum. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that I'm always tweaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going through the entrepreneurial process myself where I've kind of put something out there, seen the feedback that I get and then made some uh, alterations and just tweaked things as we go.
0: Interesting. That's pretty cool. All right. So... uh, before we go to break, I also want to talk about the 25 you said, the 25? 19 to 25 19 to 25 year olds. Tell me about how they engage and how does that work? Do they come in on weekends or nights or how Well, does that we've
1: work? been a little low touch with that group. Okay. Um, there's a lot of unbelievable talent in the community already in that oh, age that. group and uh, they have most of them already b- businesses that are up and running, Isn't maybe that cool? they're selling, maybe they're not, it doesn't really matter, but uh-huh. these are folks that already have an idea. They've been working on it for a while, and usually, uh, this is true for the majority of that group, but not all of them. But they might have reached a, a point where they're ready, ready to put that idea out there to a new, different, diverse audience. And this is a cool, different venue for them. Mm-hmm. For them, mm-hmm. excuse me, mm-hmm. um, because we don't usually get an opportunity uh, that age group, and most of them are affiliated with the university. That age group doesn't get much of an opportunity to put that out there for the community. So they're used to a very university-centric audience, and it's been very interested, interesting taking them through the process to make something accessible to, the, to a public audience and to a diverse group of judges who come from different non-technical backgrounds.
0: Wow. It's, and, and just the fact that they have somebody that they can counsel with and they can bounce things off of, uh, is a huge uh, benefit and uh, how do they find out about you these young people
1: well um i have been hustling really hard <laughs> and really just trying to You're on central uh, <laughs> illinois radio
0: that's right <laughs> yeah
1: so you know going to events talking it up there um talking it up to parents with teenagers, a lot of the people who come by the launch center at the library, which is a beautiful co-working space, or meet with me to do uh, one-on-one business consultations. I'll ask them if they have kids, if they have teenagers, or if they bring it up, I'll mention this. Um, And a lot of people, when they hear about the business services, will already think to themselves, well, teens, the library, it goes together. Maybe there's something for them. And I'll say... Well, there is. Isn't so it's cool. it's been a, there's been a lot of synergy, but we're hoping to grow in that's, next year and in years to come. Oh,
0: that's wonderful. Well, we got somebody really wonderful working on it. Well, we have to take a break uh, for our sponsor's sake. But when I come back, I'd like to talk about the pitch and that's coming up. And uh, let's get the word out about that. Can we do that? Absolutely. All right. We'll be right back after this word. And we're back. You're listening to Central Illinois Business. Alex Ruggieri here. Thank you so much for taking time uh, on your Saturday morning to be with us and staying with us through the break because we have been having a great conversation with Stephanie Pitts Nagel. She is with the Champaign Public Library and runs the Young Entrepreneur Program there. And wow. You know, we're just so lucky to have such a thing right here in our community for entrepreneurship that young people can engage with. And you're doing primarily uh, sounds like uh, high school students, but you also have uh, a uh, a kind of a, a connection also with 19 to 25 year olds. And you're doing some wonderful things. Uh, I I mentioned in the earlier interview that we used to have junior achievement. But, I mean, this is like junior achievement on steroids. (laughs) It's really great. So um, you have an event coming up. Let's talk about that.
1: Yes. The Young Entrepreneur Program Pitch Competition. So this is the first time that there's been a pitch competition that serves as the kind of capstone project for the Young Entrepreneur Program. Okay. So we've got... 16, uh, nine high school, seven young adult uh, participants who will be pitching on Sunday, May 5th. It starts at 2 p.m. and it's going to be open to the public. We have five amazing judges, both local and from Chicago, from a just huge array of uh, industries and they have different backgrounds, so really to capture... Uh, the diverse ideas that the uh, participants are bringing to the pitch competition. So they're going to talk for four minutes about their idea, more or less from memory, and going to make a case for themselves to the judges for why they should win one of the grand prizes. So we have a grand prize for each age group, $5,000. Ouch! Yep. Wow, this is serious! Yes, we really want to invest in the ideas of our young people. uh, and. There's a second-place prize of $1,000, and third place is $500. And we have some wonderful sponsors in the community who have helped make this possible, and it's just been a really wonderful experience working with not only the sponsors, not only the participants, but also my amazing business advisory team who help me run the program. Uh, We have people from all different parts of the community who have just been absolutely essential to the success of this program and they're just wonderful people who donate their time. Oh, I I
0: think that's great. Um, So this is the first, uh, maybe first annual? Let's Uh, hope. uh, Yeah. Okay. So this is coming. How exciting. Well, you know, uh, Effingham, have you heard of the CEO program? I have. Yeah. They do a pretty darn good job down there and it's mostly supported by uh, the uh, community businesses. Uh, but they, they do some really great things with their high school kids.
1: That is definitely a program that I admire greatly. And yeah. uh, I'm hoping that in some small way we could perhaps replicate the success yeah. of that program. Yeah,
0: I always thought, and, and I used to uh, on this show, I would have their class on every year. their Some of their student winners and things like that because that was really fun. It just got to be a little bit uh, harder because they're so far away. Right. Uh, but I would welcome... And I'm telling you now and I'm telling all our listeners that I would welcome the winners of this pitch contest to come on the radio and talk about their experience.
1: I am sure they would love that.
0: Wouldn't that be cool? That would be amazing. Let's do that uh, because um, I really, really tried to support the CEO program, but it's so far away. And this is right here in our community. And you're doing this wonderful stuff. Uh, with our kids, and wouldn't it be nice to shine a light on them and let them know that, hey, we're pulling for them. We think it's great, and uh, give them a little um, uh, props for that.
1: I'm sure they would love that. They, they are wonderful, wonderful people. Yeah. So uh,
0: and uh, tell us a little bit about the, uh, I don't know, uh, the, like the judges. I mean, who, who do you have on your lineup?
1: Oh, I would be very happy to tell you information about the judges. Uh, So we have Sally K. Carter. She's the CEO at Tap-In Leadership Academy. Uh, Marielle Hwasanga. She's with the SBDC. She's the International Trade Specialist. She's fairly new to the community, and she speaks like 20 languages. What's her name? Uh, Marielle. um, She's amazing.
0: I I need to meet her because uh, we used to have – the other gal, I can't remember her name, who was the international... Kathy Cravens. Yeah, Kathy. We yeah. used to have her on the show at least every six months, so we need to have her on.
1: Yes, and Marielle could do all of her own other language translations if you she want. She speaks 20 languages. I don't know if it's actually 20. I but m- she's might a be polyglot. Over. She is very talented. She's got... many many linguistic talents so yes she she's from peru so oh cool uh we also have tiffany moot a restaurateur you might know from jupiter's and oh yeah two of course uh paul magelli jr uh his father yes is a real cornerstone of the community, and it was such an honor to get him to come. And he's the the current CEO, and he's a co-founder of a health tech company called Appervita. Wow! So he's coming from Chicago, and we're so thrilled to have him. And uh, we also have Abinaya Konduru. She's a venture capitalist with M twenty five, a venture capital firm up in Chicago. How cool! Yes, boy, you do. You got some great people. I'm. So thrilled. Yeah. We also have a wonderful keynote speaker, Ashley Moy. She is a graduate of UIUC. She is the CEO and founder of Cast 21, uh, which is a really wonderful company that went through iVenture here at uh, the university. And she won some prizes through Cozad. She was named to multiple, you know, top 20 under or top twenty-five, under twenty-five, and top thirty, under thirty, in Chicago, because she's just doing such amazing things. So we're thrilled to have her introduce the event and talk a little bit about just how challenging it actually is to put together a pitch and how hard it is to really get your ideas out there in front of a, an audience like oh, that.
0: Oh yeah, it's got I me. Mean, you know, I um, I listen to a lot of TED talks. And I just love Ted. I just, I'm, I'm an addict. I'm a Ted addict. Okay, I've confessed. <laughs> uh, my name is Alex Trageri, and I'm a Ted addict.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's important to admit that you have a problem. <laughs> That's
0: right. Exactly. I listen to probably 20, 30 of them a month. But I always thought it would be really great to have a uh, Ted Junior. You know, and and rent the, um, uh, you know, the the uh, theater here, and and have high school students. Uh, or maybe even young college students or even uh, 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 middle school students and have a TED competition for students because public speaking is just so important. It is. And your ability to uh, organize your thoughts and present an argument and tell a story, uh, you know, make a pitch, all of those things go into their ability to be entrepreneurs. And wouldn't it be great? But... You know, I would have to have another life to do that. But you're doing I'll put the next it best my, thing on my list of things to do. Yeah, yeah. Ted no. Junior
1: is a very cute idea.
0: Yeah, I just love that idea. Uh, and uh, one one of the things that that uh, I have gotten involved with here in our community is they do a um, pens to lens. Have you heard about? that? Yes,
1: pens to lens is a wonderful program. Yeah, I love doing anything that will empower the youth. I think knowing that they are. That their ideas are valued, that their yeah. point of view is considered. I, I think that's so important.
0: Yeah, and so and that's a kind of similar thing. And they really encourage kids, and and that's what you're doing, which you know really I'm I'm juiced. Can you tell us? Uh, and you don't have to tell anybody's trade secrets or anything, mm-hmm. but you can tell us some of the ideas the kids, are, you know, are pitching.
1: Yeah, they're. Uh, so at the younger age group, there's a a real vast. Uh, They cover a vast ground. So we didn't encourage them to go after anything that that, like innovation wasn't a a thing that we forced. It was just what do you want to do? Could it be a local business? Is it a national business? Is it uh, something? Is it global? Does it scale? Does it not? It doesn't really matter. It was about really just what are you passionate about? And can it be something that makes money? So, I mean, we have someone who's making uh, a dining room table that converts into a pool table. He's a young wood woodworker. I uh, want
0: wow, a cool yeah, idea. Yeah, it's a
1: so kind of making pool tables more accessible for the average person. I love it. There's a an idea for a uh, an app that hooks people up who want to do odd jobs with people who need sort of little odd jobs done around the house, kind of like an an airbnb or uber for uh you know small unskilled labor kind of thing yes people need that (laughs) yeah so that's a pretty cute idea there's a travel site that helps uh families with a lot of different opinions pick a place to travel even if you all want to do different things so Uh, there's just there's a a nonprofit idea. It's it really runs the gamut. Wow, Uh,
0: (laughs) you must get uh, you must just get a little lift in your step when you go to work. Sometimes
1: I definitely do. In fact, um, one of our uh, members, she's 13. I had to specially admit her because she's not in high school. She's already in business since she started selling her goods on Etsy in. Think she said June of 2018. She's had over 600 sales, and she has a design uh, for a sorority that her mom was a part of. She made a design on a shirt that is so popular that it's actually been ripped off. Oh, yeah. So she's already <laughs> dealing. with already have IP infringement huh? <laughs> and whatnot. So her, she's an unbelievably talented individual. She makes lip glosses that she sells to her friends. She's just a born entrepreneur. Wow. Um, and she is. I find her so inspiring she joined late Mm. and uh but since she was already in business I said well I think you understand a lot of the concepts we've probably already covered so uh, we'll go over a few things and let's just work together to make this pitch the best we possibly can and I mean they're all just so wonderful and I I love spending time with them I love hearing about their lives and you know they're they're not that dissimilar from like my friends and they're half my age so <laughs> it's amazing how mature and intelligent and fun and funny they are
0: oh that's cool I love it and I'm I love the fact that you love it uh because I'm sure that they would sense that and you know and value that and and uh, that's just great so how can somebody's out there listening we've got just a minute left how can they get engaged? How can they connect with you or get their kid involved or if they're a young adult, uh, young person, get involved themselves?
1: Well, I would first of all say come and check out the pitch competition, okay. 2 to 5 p.m. Okay. on Sunday, May 5th at okay. the library, okay. the main branch of the Champaign Public Library. Okay. Uh, we're going to have a little uh, uh, sort of reception afterwards, so it's going to be really fun. You'll get a chance to meet the people who participated. Um, If you happen to be someone who really believes in what we're doing uh, and you want to participate by sponsoring the program, you can always do that. Reach out to me uh, or to the library. And if you're interested in getting involved next year, we do have an Entrepreneurship 101 program for teens that's running in June Mm -hmm. So that's a a really wonderful opportunity as well. It's sort of a day program, but we're going to get back at it in uh, September. And I think we're going to build out our program a little bit more. Uh, The fall term is more of a drop in and explore entrepreneurship program. It's still going to be on Mondays. And it's really going to be a wonderful opportunity just to hear from other young entrepreneurs who are a little bit older. Uh, we're going to get an opportunity to hear from other local business owners and to learn some of the core concepts, develop your ideas, and really get into a place where you're prepped for the more intensive long haul, which will begin next January. And it's going to be uh, the same deal. You know, We're going to expand it. Not Eight weeks is going to become more like 12. And it's going to be a little more rigorous. So if you're not quite sure, the fall is a wonderful opportunity for you to test it out, check it out, see what's going on. We're going to have some wonderful prizes for you to win. Uh, And if you're really serious about entrepreneurship, then I definitely recommend our accelerated uh, intensive program that we're doing next spring. So ending in the pitch competition, we hope.
0: I love it. I love it. We have been talking with Stephanie Pitts-Noggle. She is with the Champaign Public Library at the Young Entrepreneur Program. Thank you so much. Thank you're doing you so much, Alex. are doing great things. And we definitely want to have you back. So yes. let's get that, uh, in, keep that in mind. We'll have you back uh, before you start in September so we can kind of drum up a little bit more, shine a little more light on what you're doing.
1: I look forward to it.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you for being with us today. Do not go away. We have much more coming right after the break. And we're back. You're listening to Central Illinois Business. Alex Ruggieri here. Have a wonderful interview here in the top half of the hour for you uh, here in studio with me, Doctor Norm Billsbury. He's with Top Line Sales and Management Training. Tell us about uh, Top Line. What what is that all about? Well, the name Top Line, um,
2: you know, originates from the fact that I think. Any small business owner or any business owner of any size you know at the end of the year uh, one of their key questions is where's you know what was my top-line growth and so uh, when you think about top-line growth and, and where that source of revenue comes from it, it comes from your your sales and your management team inevitably and so uh, uh, that that's kind of the the, the reason for the name uh, but a, a secondary and kind of more personal reason for the name is Um, when I was a a young boy fishing with my grandfather, um, I'll never forget the first largemouth bass that bit on a, a a lure that was floating, uh, on the top line. And it was a hula popper. And my grandfather caught, I think a five and a half pound bass. And, um, it was a big fish. And it's uh, a metaphor for, I think what most businesses do when they go out and try to seek revenue, which is. They're to look out to catch the blue marlin. They want to catch a big fish.
0: And that's where that top line growth comes from. So it has dual meaning. I love it. I love it. You know, what bothers me sometimes, people always say, give me the bottom line. Tell me the bottom line. What's the bottom line? You know, it's the top line that generates all of the stuff that trickles down to the bottom line. Let's talk about what's above the bottom line. Let's talk about the top line. Nobody ever wants to talk about the top line. I think that's a great place to focus. That's wonderful.
2: Well, uh, thank you, Alex. And I, I think your uh, question is very insightful in the fact that um, so often uh, when we think about the actions that we execute on a daily basis, um, especially when it comes to sales, it's um, the I think the error that most businesses accidentally make is that we've got to do something. And sometimes, um, you know, uh, that is done without looking at some of the fundamental presuppositions of why we do what we do. And so for instance, you know, uh, when you look at an iceberg, for instance, you see, you know, what's floating at the top, right? But the reality is, is what's underneath it is what's so important. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what we need to know and understand about business is that, you know, uh, that when you go to call on a business and you send a salesperson in, that that business fundamentally uh, probably has a system in place to manage a salesperson that's calling on them, and what I mean by that is, uh, what I mean by that is, um, that your salespeople need to have a system in order to respond to that, and if they're flying by the seat of their pants, if they don't have a process, uh, there's a, there's a chance for trouble.
1: Yeah,
0: no, I so agree. And what ends up happening, because I'm a salesperson, all right? And uh, everybody knows that listens to this show that I have a day job and I do commercial real estate. And my job is putting buyer and seller together. Basically, I'm a salesperson. And what's really good about the salesperson, I believe, okay, is that everything in the world starts somewhere with a sale, okay? So I really think the salespeople are heroes of the world. And of course, uh, you know, uh, that's probably just my own personal prejudice. But everything starts with a sale, somewhere. Uh, But salespeople, unfortunately, so they are heroes. But if they're like me, they are distracted. They uh, are easily uh, uh, swayed in different directions that might not be the most productive and without they're really like you know you use your fishing uh you know uh, example they're like a bobber that that got separated from the line and they're just just bobbing with the every which way the wave is is going and that uh might catch a fish but if you do it'd be awful hard to reel it in and uh it's probably less likely to catch anything and you've got to have a system you've got to have some kind of a process and the other thing is you should be tracking um, numbers some kind of numbers, whether it's sales calls or whatever it is for each individual salesperson, because numbers don't lie. And as long as you're, you you know, unless you put garbage in, garbage out, but numbers just don't lie. So if you're tracking and you haven't made any sales, well, how many calls have you made this week? You know, It's real easy to find out there should be a process, different for each organization and different salespeople, but it needs to be a process.
2: Yes, uh, absolutely. And with respect to that process, Uh, you know, if you ask most sales professionals, if they consider themselves a professional, they'll inevitably say yes. Yes. And so my challenge to salespeople who call themselves professionals is, well, all right. Um, let me just ask you, when was the last time you completed a module to upgrade or demonstrate your current level of proficiency in your profession? meaning that a lawyer has to update their credentials annually. So does a doctor and so does an accountant Mm -hmm. and they all have a process that they have to follow in which they're benchmarked against. But if I were to ask the average salesperson, what is their process? When was the last time you read a book that developed you and moved you forward in getting better at your process? And did you check off your latest educational requirement? Most salespeople will unfortunately tell you, well, yeah, I, I haven't. And they're like that bobber that you talked about floating on the water mm-hmm. because there's so many pressures coming against them. Yeah. That's the challenge. Yeah.
0: Well, that is really interesting. So how do you go about helping companies? Uh, they, they ask you to look, meet with their salespeople or is it with the management or what level do you get involved?
2: Mm. Well, you know, we take a consultative approach for sure to begin with. uh, And we walk in without the assumption that we can help anyone. Uh, And the fact that um, not knowing what their issues or challenges are, uh, I wouldn't dare propose a solution. But it generally starts out with some sort of talent management assessment. And uh, these questions really stem from the fact that some business owners look at their people and they say, you know, I'm not sure we're getting the most we can out of this person. Why or why not? Are they on the right seat on the bus? Should they even be on this bus? And so there's some critical questions along uh, assessing their talent. But the other thing is, is uh, they're looking at some of their people going, you know, I think there's more under the hood here than what we knew. And in what ways can we uh, understand where those needs are and how can we develop them?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how did you get into this business?
2: Mm. Well, you know, uh, my father uh, is a retired colonel, and uh, as a military kid, uh, having moved around, uh, when I went off to college, um, you know, I ended up uh, having to work uh, to put myself through school. I was That's a-, a good thing. Yes, yeah. Um, I was a walk-on at Illinois and uh, managed a letter and cool. uh, cross-country cool. um, uh, for a couple years, but... Uh, had to work in the summers to kind of pay for school it was a valet and knew after one summer of being a valet and fetching cars that there had to be a better way
0: yeah absolutely
2: and so uh that led to an opportunity uh with a southwestern company to sell homework manuals door to door which oh, i did wow. Which I did for the next three summers and wow. made some twelve thousand cold calls. Wow! And have been in therapy since <laughs> recovery.
0: <laughs> well, my daughter used to sell uh, burglar alarms door to door out when she was at school in Utah, and it was it was it. it, it she was in therapy for a couple of years. No, it's, there's it's nothing. Tough. There's it's nothing tough.
2: tougher than door to door sales, yeah. but. Uh, you know, that's the, uh, that's the wonderful thing about sales is when it's done well, when you solve somebody's problem and you give them a product that meets their needs, uh, it's a very rewarding feeling and it's also rewarding financially. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about solving problems. Now, I don't want you to talk out of school, but can you give us some stories? You know, uh, Hey, you know, here's a company that had the, this is the problem they had here was the challenge, here was the actions we took, and here was the results, the kind of a thing, you know, uh, maybe from from the annals of your files. Yeah,
2: absolutely. No, just recently, I uh, just finished a strategic uh, planning retreat for a local company um, who has a sales team of uh, five people and uh, had an operations team of uh, another five to seven people And realize that in looking at their best opportunity for growth, that perhaps uh, equipping their uh, logistical team with some basic uh, selling skills might give them the lift moving forward. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. so the owner naturally was gambling a large investment in whether or not this made strategic sense and um, wanted to talk to me about that. And so we sat down and... He seemed excited and, and felt like this was a solution, but, uh, and he said, Well, you know, how, how do we do this? And I said, Well, you know, actually, we need to back up a little bit. And I don't know if we should. And so that began again with that talent management assessment piece mm-hmm. to understand if the people who were in the logistical roles were even going to be uh, predictably successful in uh, sort of a, a, a marketing or promotional or sales role
0: yeah yeah and so you did that evaluation and
2: and once we completed the evaluation uh we realized that we had uh sufficient talent requirements to move forward and then we're able to make uh, a recommendation based on training um to help him meet uh the the goals to move forward yeah and so um that's where you know uh, you know uh, in terms of investing um you know we will look at an opportunity and say, you know what this is where you need to get off you need to get off this train because moving forward it is not going to produce the results you want. Right. Uh, but moving forward, once you know that, you can have the confidence that you know, you're funneling your, your resources and your cash in, in the right spot.
0: What are the kinds of companies that um, seem to fit well with your platform and your approach? Uh, you don't have to tell us brand names or anything, but what are some of the kinds of companies you, you'd like to work with? You
2: know, any small business or large business for that matter, um, that has a, a sales team or has an interest in, uh, promoting themselves and, uh, exchanging goods and services. So for instance, right now I'm working with one of the startups, uh, at the enterprise works, uh, uh incubator on campus. And, um, this is, uh, with a CEO who has made, uh, uh, he's come up with a patent. He's uh, been given a, a large grant by the United States army of, uh, almost $2 million. And, um, you know, he is interested in establishing joint technology partnerships. So in this case, uh, they don't yet have a good or service, but they're looking for, uh, strategic partnerships. But in, in order for that to happen, he's got to market and sell himself.
0: Yes. Yeah. I I think it's so funny because and I I started with this uh, little soliloquy about how great salespeople are and everything else. And I do believe that um, in my heart of hearts. But there are people who don't like sales and there are people who aren't don't have the aptitude for sales. But the truth is you need to know something about sales. I don't care who you are. Uh, I I, I try to tell my kids, hey, look, if you want to take a girl out for an ice cream, (laughs) you're going to have to do a little bit of a sales job. That's right. And uh, you need to know, you know, if you want to get your class schedule squared away with your counselor, you might have to do a little bit of a sales job. And I'll never forget the story of a friend who is actually a brilliant scientist, young scientist. And uh, he went into science because he did not want to get anything You know, his dad was a salesperson and he didn't want anything to do with sales. And uh, lo and behold, he invents this process where that launches this company and suddenly he is having to deal with investors and sell his idea. And he's like, you can't get away from it, you know, and that's the truth. You might as well learn a little bit about sales, and if you have uh, any aptitude whatsoever, get it assessed, find out where you're at, and then look at your horizons from there, because it, the world, it makes the world go round. Really does.
2: There's absolutely no doubt. Uh, sales is fundamental to yep. the economy, yep. and. I know it's a sexy thing to be an entrepreneur and to get funded and to have a website and to be a CEO, you know, when you're 25 these days. Yeah. But the reality is if you're going to go down that path, uh, I think, uh, and I I don't know that some people see as far down this path as they need to, but the reality is you're going to have to sell something or you're going to have to have a team that sells something because that's sales is really about solving somebody else's problems. And, you know, you mentioned, um, uh, you know, people kind of having kind of a natural anathema to sales yeah. and, um, what's so interesting about, uh, my organization is that the founder of the curriculum that I have licensed to David Sandler actually hated sales. Oh, wow. He hated sales and he hated sales for all the traditional reasons that many people do. And in that respect, um, he was determined to come up with a better way to sell and that is the, the foundation of the Sandler sales system. Oh, and so it fundamentally challenged the presuppositions by which all traditional sales models exist. And honestly, after 20 to 25 years of experience uh, in corporate sales, marketing, training, and consulting, um, when I saw this curriculum, I recognized it as the most superior selling system
0: that I'd ever come across because of those reasons. Now you've intrigued me, I've got to find out more. But hopefully some of our listeners want to know more. We're out of time, how can they find out more?
2: Uh, you know, um, they can find me on the web at uh, www.topline.sandler.com.
0: Fantastic. All right, we have been talking with Dr. Norm Billsbury. With, he's with Topline Sales and Management Training Incorporated. Thank you for being with us today on the show. Well, thank you, Alex, it's a pleasure. Thank you for listening each week.